Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Michael Cutler Hour. I am your host, appropriately enough, Michael Cutler. It is great to join you on this June 29, 2018, Friday evening, an hour later than usual. I just returned from the Fox Studios here in New York City, where I taped an interview to be broadcast this evening on the Laura Ingram show, The Ingram Angle. Uh, We're going to be talking, or we did talk about, safe houses, stash houses that smugglers use to warehouse aliens that are smuggled into the United States. Um, The conditions to be found in these safe houses defies belief. To a smuggler, human beings are cargo, not unlike a load of dope or bowling balls or any other cargo to be moved across international borders without inspection in violation of law and with the attendant risks to national security, public safety, and a host of other issues. But uh, for right now, let's, let's focus on my program. I also want to apologize. Last week, I made an error. Give me a computer, and I could probably screw it up. Back when I was an immigration agent, I had a sign on my wall that read, to error is human, to really screw up, you need a computer, and I did it last week. <clears throat> the default setting... For those of you not familiar with Blog Talk Radio, is 15-minute increments on the show. If you don't do anything to change it, then your show only runs for 15 minutes in my rush to get ready for my program. I neglected to change the setting. Pardon me. I neglected to change the setting so that we would have a full hour together. But I promise you today we have fixed that glitch. We have an hour together. And I'm happy to join you, and I thank you for being here. Uh, There's so much to talk about, and I think some of this has been written by Rod Serling. Uh, If you're familiar with me, you know I'm a retired senior special agent with the former Immigration and Naturalization Service, an agency that was largely supplanted by ICE, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. I certainly have my issues with the way that the Bush administration cobbled ICE together, In fact, I'm not the only one. Then-chairman of the House Immigration Subcommittee, John Hostetler, a conservative Republican, was frustrated beyond words that the way that ICE was put together, the way that DHS was put together, hampered efforts to secure America's borders and enforce America's immigration laws, two issues that figured prominently in the 9-11 Commission report. Well, apparently, the folks on the left, the Democrats, and I'm not sure what they are. I thought I was a Democrat. These people certainly dance to the uh, beat of a very different drummer, believe that the solution to the immigration crisis, are you ready for this if you haven't heard it, is to disband the ICE agency and basically stop securing borders, stop enforcing immigration laws, And let's have anarchy in the immigration system as though we're not that far from it already. So I will share my thoughts with you about it, but I want to remind you about a couple of websites I very much want you to check out, starting with Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. I am a regular contributor, and this wonderful publication website is a project of the David Horowitz Freedom Center. I'm proud to have been writing for this group. For I guess we're coming up on four years, um, and I'm very proud of it because they certainly provide an opportunity 
to provide the perspectives that the mainstream media won't discuss. Uh, I'm very pleased that Laura Ingram and her producers today gave me an opportunity. I hope there will be additional opportunities to join her on the program because immigration is so critical. And you have to be an idiot to not understand that if you can't prevent criminals, terrorists, and enemy combatants from entering your country, then you can't defend your country. Uh, For anybody who's ever watched Star Trek, the Democrats are demanding that we take America's shields down now at a particularly perilous era in American history. You look at the drug problem, the Democrats have a solution to the heroin epidemic, and it's brilliant. What's the Democrats' solution? Legalize the gateway drug of marijuana. You know, it's always been a a, um, controversial idea about legalizing pot, but really, is that what we're supposed to do? And what's so remarkable is if you listen to the words of our political leaders just a year or two ago, they would argue what I'm arguing, that marijuana is a gateway drug. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo last year made that very point. He said, we should never legalize this stuff. It's a gateway drug to heroin. He is now an advocate for legalizing a gateway drug to heroin. Who got to him? What's behind this? I have no flipping idea. But it leaves me in a state of befuddlement and anger, shock, and it should upset everybody. We have never had more people die of heroin overdoses. Public schools are being provided with Narcan, the antidote to heroin overdoses, because children in public school are suffering overdoses of heroin. So is this the time to legalize one of the key gateway drugs? Now, look, let's be adults. I certainly don't believe that everyone who uses marijuana is going to go on to heroin or coke or crack or meth or any of those other poisons. For the life of me, I don't get why anybody would put that crap in their body. And I'm not trying to be sanctimonious, but my goodness. You know, I just don't get what, what some of the members of our species uh, thinks is normal, reasonable behavior. But we do know that most people, if not all people, who are hooked on the hardcore drugs at some point use marijuana. Is the cause and relationship 100%? Maybe 99%. Certainly it's a, it's a bad message to be sending to children. So we're going to have this experiment and play with the lives of American children and America's future, because they represent America's future, and legalize marijuana for what purpose? Because perhaps there'll be some revenue coming in, so then why don't we have state-run brothels? How far can they be from happening? The solution to crime in America, apparently, according to these idiots, is that you can legalize everything, and then there's no crime. I mean, think about that. Would you want to live in a crime-free city if the only reason that it was crime-free was that, as the song goes, anything goes? I don't think so. That's called anarchy. And we are well on our way to anarchy. A while back, a couple of years ago, when I saw the push for legalizing millions of illegal aliens and doing all these other wacky things that we saw from the Bush administration as well as the Obama administration, I said, you know, we're standing on the precipice of the slippery slope to anarchy. We are now almost there. We are now almost there. Supposed leaders of our country, supposedly intelligent people, are calling for dismantling ICE. Calling for the dismantling of ICE. I I mean, I I just want everyone to understand something. Not because I was an INS agent. I I, I no longer make my living that way. There's, there's, There's no vested interest that I have in it from that angle. What I do have a vested interest in, however... is protecting American lives, American national security, public safety. That's what concerns me and concerns me greatly. So how in the world do you protect a nation when you have no control over keeping out drugs, gangs, terrorists, and foreign workers who would displace Americans, drive down wages, and, and do a host of damage? And this isn't xenophobia. America is the most welcoming country in history. We admit roughly a million lawful immigrants every year. That's more than the rest of the world combined. We admit tens of of millions 
of temporary visitor aliens uh, known as non-immigrants, as immigrants and non-immigrants. An immigrant, <clears throat> to talk about the real language of immigration law, is an alien lawfully admitted for permanent residence, a lawful immigrant. They are here forever if they want to be here. They don't have to do it, but they are eligible to apply for United States citizenship. That's what an immigrant is. We do that for a million aliens every year, ballpark figure. Some years a little bit more, some years a couple of few of those less. <clears throat> but essentially a million a year. Why in the world do we have a legal system when you have politicians from both parties trying to give amnesty to millions and millions and millions of illegal aliens? The reason that the, the Ryan bill was so dangerous, one of the many reasons, is that they claimed it would have dealt with the DACA aliens, and they pegged the number at somewhere around 2 million, 3 million. They don't know. <clears throat> we have no idea how many illegal aliens would have attempted to apply. What I can tell you is there would have been no interviews, and there would have been no field investigations. And these aliens, contrary to the nonsense being spewed by the mainstream media, are not children. They could be as old as 36 years of age right now. All they would have to have done is claim in an application that they entered as children before they were 16. So in theory, an illegal alien could run the border three weeks from now and then file an application and claim that he or she has been living here for the last 30 years because they came at the age of six. How would you disprove it? Most illegal aliens use multiple false identities. When you run the border, these are specifically aliens who enter without inspection because there was no inspection. No record is created of entry into the United States. If you can't do an investigation by interviewing neighbors, employers, colleagues, and so forth, how do you determine if someone's lying to you? <clears throat> if you do a one-by-one -one case, yes, you could certainly do it. You go out, you show the photograph. And some guy says, oh, yeah, the guy used to work at Apex Trucking three blocks from here. And you go talk to the foreman. Then he says, oh, yeah, I hired that guy 15 years ago. He was 20 years old, whatever it is. So now you have some idea about how long the guy has been here. And then after he tells you that, he says, and, you know, he told me he went to such and such high school. So you go to that high school and you pull up the records and maybe you look at the yearbook and you're able to see the photograph and you say, yeah, it's probably him. Not sure, but probably. And you backtrack addresses. You can do all this on a case-by-case -case basis. What do you do if there's 20 or 25 or 30 million applications? Blind faith? You know, I mean, seriously? We're going to take people at their word that if they lie, we won't know who they are, why they really came here. You know, the 9-11 hijackers, the 19 individuals in the aggregate, used more than 360 false names or variations of false names to cover their tracks, to create a, an aura of legitimacy about them. And we didn't know until after 9-11 that Sarnaev family got political asylum by claiming credible fear. They came with visas, and then they said, we can't go back to Russia. If we go back to Russia, we're going to face persecution or worse. As soon as we gave them asylum, they voluntarily hopped on airplanes and went back to Russia. Perhaps if we had enough ICE agents to track down instances of fraud like that, we would have known and we would have deported them. We could have prosecuted them. Instead, nothing happened to them, <clears throat> and they were here. One of them actually became a U.S. citizen, and then they carried out the deadly attack at the Boston Marathon on April 15, 2013. But they had committed immigration fraud. Big issue. ICE is charged with investigating allegations of immigration fraud, instances of immigration fraud. Do away with ICE. There'll be no one there doing that. We hear so much about E-Verify. If only we made E-Verify mandatory so employers would have to put the names of their employees in the computer database, that would end illegal immigration. If there's anybody that's that naive out there, you can leave the room. It's okay. I, I'll, I'll forgive you. Go away. You're not thinking. You hire people off the books if you're hiring illegal aliens. Nothing new. I saw it day one working as an agent back in the 70s. You go into the factory. <clears throat> sometimes there's two separate sets of time cards, believe it or not. Or sometimes you, you have you know, 40 time cards on the wall and 212 people working. Well, someone's off the books. Sometimes you have employers 
that are helping with identity theft to get ID for these people to get them through E-Verify if they're really sophisticated and really don't mind committing serious felonies. But you don't know about the felonies unless you go out there and conduct the investigations. If you shut down ICE so we have no agents, it won't matter. It won't matter because there'll be no one there to make certain that there's integrity to the hiring of foreign workers. How wonderful for Americans who won't be able to support themselves. How wonderful. We've never had more homelessness in America. And don't tell me I'm scapegoating the immigrants because I'm not. The people scapegoating immigrants are the people on the left. And I hate making this left-right because I'm registered as a Democrat. I'm not sure what to call people like Joe Brand or Schumer, certainly wacky Maxine Waters. Uh, I was actually at a hearing with Maxine Waters um, with a, a man whose son was killed on 9-11. It was despicable, but Waters actually verbally attacked the father of a young man in his 20s who was slaughtered on 9-11. These people are shameless. They're shameless. I've called out the Republicans when they need to be called out. I call out the Democrats as well. I don't give a damn if you're with the Hopping Kangaroo Party. And I'm so tired of being told that to take the positions I take that I'm a nativist. Well, I'm going to make a confession right here, right now. Folks, a nativist is someone who puts his fellow or her fellow citizens first. And by that definition, I am proud to tell you I am a nativist. I want to see American kids get those opportunities at universities. I want to see American kids who graduate get those jobs have first crack at them i want to see american kids live in communities that are free from gangs and violence and drugs and if that makes me a nativist absolutely sign me up but this is the garbage that we have to listen to i was listening to cbs radio the past couple days and the anti-defamation league a wing of the b'nai b'rith jewish service organization was out there talking about how the right White supremacist groups are recruiting on campuses and doing it covertly, not using the traditional attack, the traditional approach. Really? Well, what's so astonishing about that is I was a B'nai B'rith president back in college. Those of you familiar with me know I'm Jewish, very proud of my heritage, my ethnicity, my culture. Um, I was a B'nai B'rith president back in high school, back in college. I went to Washington when I was Back then with the B'nai B'rith, I was actually a chapter president. And we demonstrated outside the LBJ White House, Lyndon Baines Johnson. And we tried to convince them to go to the Russians to convince them to permit Jews and other religious minorities living in Russia to go free and let them come to America or go to any country that would have them so they could practice their religions in peace and security and so they could get away from the tyranny of the old Soviet Union. I was thrilled as an immigration inspector to admit refugees into the United States. <clears throat> in fact, many of them walked into the International Arrival Building, which is where most seemed to come in depending on the flights. Some of them actually got on their knees and kissed the ground. Some of them hugged and kissed me. They cried. I cried with them. And I am still a proponent for admitting refugees into the United States, provided is a big issue here that they can be effectively screened so that we don't wind up with terrorists. We didn't have to worry about terrorists entering the United States with refugee flows back in the 70s. That didn't happen. Today we do. There have been congressional reports about this. The FBI and CIA have warned us about this. And yet, 2015, the Anti-Defamation League posted an article where they identified me, Michael Cutler, as being anti-immigrant, anti-refugee seeker, and started to list the places where, I'm, where I write. For example, Front Page Magazine or The Social Contract, describing them as being anti-immigrants. So we have these ads now by the Anti-Defamation League warning about the extreme right. So, so let me be very clear. I oppose any organization any and all organizations that differentiate people by their race or their ethnicity or their religion. If you're going to start jumping up and down and discriminate against people by race or try to inspire hatred by race or by race or religion or whatever, I have a problem with it. I worry about individuals 
when you look at radical Islamists, I have no problem saying that radical Islamists should not be welcome in the United States. The key word is radical. The world has billions of, 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 of Islamists. Uh, I worry about can we define those who are radical who are, and those who are not. That's my concern. I just don't want to wake up to another 9-11. I don't want to wake up to another Boston Marathon attack. I don't want to wake up to another San Bernardino attack. I don't want to wake up to another Boston, uh, another uh, uh, New York Times, I'm sorry, Times Square uh, bombing, as we saw in 2010 by Faisal Shahzad, who came here on a student visa from Pakistan. If we can definitively screen people, no matter where they're from, then I say let them in. But if we can't screen them, then we have to be idiots to let them in. Fortunately, the Supreme Court upheld President Trump's executive order that was entitled Protecting the Nation from Foreign Terrorist Entry into the United States. The media came to call it Trump's travel ban, Muslim country travel ban. I don't know why the president started to call it a travel ban himself. Foolish, foolish. I, I, I respect the president. I'm happy that he's the president. I doubt that he's listening to my program, but if he was, I would say to him, Mr. President, stop making it easy for your opponents. This is not a travel ban. It's an entry restriction, seeking to prevent the entry of aliens who pose a threat to national security. And it's amazing, because if you look at the section of law that the president was actually enforcing through an executive order, Title 8, United States Code, Section 1182, small f, he has total discretion. And so, you know, all that he has to be convinced is that this is, has adverse implications for the United States. So certainly terrorists fall into that category. But the media portrayed it as Trump's travel order against Muslim-majority countries. That's all you kept hearing. <clears throat> the Countries in question, by the way, uh, their population, added all up, are, is less than the population of Indonesia, the world's most populous Muslim-majority country. In fact, if you do the math, it's believed that he would have banned or prevented the entry of roughly 15% of the world's Muslim population. 15% is not a ban on a religion. If, the, if he was trying to ban all Muslims, He's doing a crappy job because 85% would not have been impeded by his order. <clears throat> That's not what you were hearing in the media. And when you hear this nonsense about the right doing what they're doing on college campuses, and I have no use for skinheads or the KKK or anybody else like it. Don't get me wrong for a heartbeat. White supremacists, black supremacists, Latino supremacists, whatever the flavor is, if you are a supremacist who says this race ahead of that race, I want nothing to do with you. But for all the breastfeeding about the white supremacists supposedly recruiting on college campuses, why was nothing said about La Raza? The word La Raza means the race, Latino organization. Why didn't they talk about Antifa and all the violence that they perpetrate against those who would speak on college campuses? Why don't they talk about the left that have instilled such fear and terror in people that speakers are either told we invited you, we're uninviting you, or uh, we, you can still come, but we're now going to have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on security because no one is safe if you come to speak on the campus. The left doesn't talk about that. They don't talk about a lot of things. The mainstream media refuses to talk about a lot of things. But to give you an inside um, notion about what happened today and I was very happy to hear it when I was contacted by Laura's producer he said to me here's the guideline when you're on the show today give Laura both barrels whatever your concerns are about immigration don't sugarcoat it just call it the way you see it and I was very happy to hear that it used to be that way after 9-11 after 9-11 I was averaging 15 television interviews each and every month sometimes 20 and very few people were saying, well, don't say this or don't say that. But it evolved over time. And then we got into pre-interviews. And if you said something that the producer didn't quite like, they uninvited you. Oh, Mr. Cutler, we're sorry. We were going to have you on. We're going in a different direction. 
What direction is that? You have your GPS handy? Where's your compass? What different direction? But that would be the BS story. Well, we're going in a different direction. And then you watch the program, and some other guy came in, Roger Milktoast, no background, no knowledge, soft-pedaled the topic. For example, don't you dare link immigration to terrorism. And it's so remarkable, because I had testified before all these hearings where the focus was the nexus between immigration failures and terrorism. Think about that, failures of immigration and terrorism. And suddenly members of Congress who a year or two earlier were right there with us, boy, if we don't secure those borders, if we don't enforce those laws, the terrorists are going to come in and kill us. And one day I'm sitting at a hearing, and one of the members of Congress who had previously invited me said to me, Mr. Cutler, there is no nexus between immigration and terrorism. Folks, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I said, really? The 9-11 hijackers committed visa fraud. The 9-11 hijackers uh, committed identity theft. They entered the United States by making false claims. They, some of them got political asylum or applied for asylum. We went through the whole list of whatever the categories were. The 93 terrorists, certainly. Mahmoud Abu Lima got agricultural amnesty. Had he not been granted amnesty, had another one of those players not been able to apply for political asylum, they wouldn't have been here. The attacks couldn't have happened. And now suddenly these very same politicians who one or two years earlier were right there with you, shoulder to shoulder, tighten those borders, enforce those laws, national security is on the line. All of a sudden they're being told, no, wait a minute, Mr. Cutler, there's no link. There's no link. There's a movie I watched as a kid back in the 1950s, you know, the, the, the medieval ages, the invaders from Oz. And this kid has a nightmare where this flying saucer lands, and all the adults in his life, his parents and the school teacher and principal and the chief of police in his town, they all are taken control of by these space invaders who implant a little nub in the back of their neck that controls their brain. I'd love all these politicians to turn around and show us the back of their necks. I am positive that there's a little nub sticking out that controls their brain. I want to know who the hell's controlling it. Is it the Soros? Is it George Soros or is it the Koch brothers? Because those two groups, you know, George Soros and his buddies and the Koch brothers, stood shoulder to shoulder calling for a massive legalization program for the DACA aliens. They both want the same thing. What do they want? Cheap, exploitable labor. Let's get serious about the price of cheap labor. If you look at the gangs in Latin America, how did they form? Well, I think a big contributing factor, and I'm not a criminologist or a sociologist, but this seems to be pretty common sense, is that America now has millions upon millions of foreign workers who left their families behind to come to America where they're being exploited. By the way, exploitation is not the way you show compassion. Oh, I love you to death. I'm going to work you for $8 an hour, and there's no coffee breaks, and there's no lunch breaks, and, and if you want to work for me, you're going to come in seven days a week, but you're only getting $8 an hour. I, I've seen those situations as an agent. Yeah, <laughs> real real compassion. And, 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 and if someone got injured or became sick, too bad. Well, can you take me to the hospital? No, get out of the building. I don't need the police knowing you're here. There were, there were reports of people suffering severe injuries, critical injuries, and being unceremoniously you know, dropped three blocks from an emergency room and the employer took off. All kinds of crazy stuff. So this isn't compassion. So they, they, they play the compassion card. We're being compassionate. We're hiring these people. Well, these people are so desperate. They live in such abject squalor and poverty. They come to America. They leave behind their wives. They leave behind their children. And I've said it many times. Dogs travel in packs. Whales travel, I think, in pods. Um, cattle travel in herds. Guess what? Lions travel in prides. Humans travel in families. When you disrupt a human family, the instinct is there to create a surrogate family, and all too frequently that surrogate family is a gang. So you have violent gangs in Latin America. They come to the United States. They create a nightmare for us. We just had this killing in the Bronx, and no one's focusing on the fact that the gang has its origins in the Dominican Republic because that would go against the whole idea of having a sanctuary city. Maybe some of the assailants weren't American citizens. I don't know. And with a lack of cooperation with the NYPD, I don't know that ICE knows. 
because if you can't gain access to the prisoners, which we used to do, how do you figure out if maybe some of these people should be deported? Maybe not all of them are going to go to jail for life. Maybe some will get five or ten years in jail. Don't you think if someone is part of that kind of vicious gang and he or she is an, is, is an alien subject to deportation, that once they serve their prison sentence, we should remove them? Well, ICE is going to have a hell of a time figuring it out because it's apparent that the information will never get to ICE because New York is a sanctuary city where we harbor and shield murderers. When kids are killed, they're collateral damage. But apparently, it is so important to have foreign nationals in America, we don't care if they rape, we don't care if they kill, we don't care if they're savage. We just want them. Do whatever you want, just stay in the United States. We'll shield you from the evil ICE agents. So they've created this mythology. You've had ICE agents being referred to as terrorists by members of Congress. It causes people to have their lives threatened, their families are threatened. More and more people will probably refuse to talk to ICE agents if they're conducting a field investigation. And and very often when I was doing a field investigation, we depended on the neighbors to tell us about the criminals that lived among them. Increasingly, I am sure, people living in those communities are slamming the door in the faces of the ICE agents. So guess what? It keeps ICE from doing its job which means that terrorists and gangbangers and sociopaths and child molesters and rapists are floating around freely, protected from detection by ICE by the policies of New York City and other sanctuary cities. This is madness. This is madness. In criminology, there's real concern about recidivism. The criminal who goes to jail comes out and commits another crime. Well, when alien criminals get involved in crime... The solution for recidivism is simple. You deport the alien. And I worked with Aldamato to create the aggravated felon reentry law, which makes unlawful reentry by such criminal aliens a felony with up to 20 years in jail. You come back, we're going to drop a safe on your head, just like in the old Acme comics of Warner Brothers, you know, Donald Duck and, uh, and, and Daffy Duck and all those others. We're going to just drop a safe on your head. Bong. We're going to teach you a lesson that you don't come back if we deported you. However, if ICE is unable to interview the prisoners who were being arrested for all sorts of crimes, then those prisoners will get out of jail eventually and they'll kill more people. But apparently, to these defenders of sanctuary cities, even when people are killed, even when little children are raped or stabbed, it's okay because it's for the greater good. Somehow the greater good means flooding America with ever more foreign nationals. This is a sanctioned, nearly organized invasion of the United States of America. Unbelievable. My latest article for Front Page Magazine, and I hope that after I'm off the air or after you're done listening to the podcast, however it is you're listening to me, that you'll go check out Front Page Magazine and, and check out the articles. But please check out my article. And, and the title is, Trump Administration Combats Discrimination Against American Workers. ICE Investigation Uncovers Company that Defrauded Americans Out of Jobs. And what they did was they got H-2B visas. These are the non-skilled workers to work at a farm because they claimed they couldn't find Americans. They gamed the visa process so that they could hire foreign workers and not hire Americans. They've now agreed to a settlement where they have to pay the workers they swindled out of jobs. How in the world is the Democratic Party the Democratic Party when they are trying everything in their power to prevent future such investigations to protect American workers? People say to me, why are you a Democrat? And I say, well, I'm a labor guy. My dad was a construction worker, a tradesman. If you ask my dad what he did for a living, he would puff out his chest, and rightfully so, and say I'm a plumber by trade. You know, he didn't do it as a hobby. And there's nothing wrong with people who are handymen and that sort of thing, but to be a tradesman is a whole different story. If you go back to to the Middle Ages and so forth, people who were tradesmen were as respected as people with, with graduate degrees today, and for good reason. And for good reason. How many PhDs are out there that need someone to help them tie their shoes and cross the street? You know, when we ever had a problem, 
the car didn't start or, or something happened. If I called my dad, may rest in peace, and said, Pop, I have a problem, he was always there immediately. I swore he wore a red cape under his clothing. And when my father showed up, he was the cavalry. He was one of those greatest generation Americans who just knew how to take care of whatever the problem was. He did it competently. He did it quietly. He did it confidently. Gosh, I, I wish I was half the man my father was. My dad was my hero. My mother was my hero. They were just such competent people. He would show up and take care of business. And the Democratic Party used to stand with American workers, people like my dad. Today they are knifing those workers in the back. If you get rid of ICE, you can forget about Americans getting jobs. Because one of the responsibilities for ICE is to go after the employers who hire illegal aliens or hire aliens legally by defrauding the system, as was the case in this investigation. That's why I'd like you to read the article. <clears throat> by the way, if you like the article, please post it on Facebook or other social media. I don't do those things. I'm a techno dinosaur. But I want to have you become part of my bucket brigade of truth to spread the word. <clears throat> so how in the world are Americans supposed to survive the lunacy of the dismantling of ICE. That's what Gillibrand and Schumer and all these other people are calling for. Let's get rid of ICE. Let's stop protecting America. Let's ignore the findings of the 9-11 Commission. Why did we have a 9-11 Commission? You know, when airplanes crash, before the fires are even out, very often the GO team from NTSB and FAA are in the air heading to the crash site. Why? To recover evidence, clues. Why? So that we don't do it again. The plane crashed. How do we make sure it doesn't happen again? When Space Shuttle Challenger blew up 72 seconds after liftoff, immediately NASA convened the commission. Why? To make sure it doesn't happen again. And what did they find? The O-rings got brittle on the solid boosters, and flames shot through the solid boosters, cut a hole in the big fuel tank, and the whole thing came apart in a devastating explosion. Why did they do it? Just they modified the way they built the rocket boosters afterwards. Same thing when Space Shuttle Columbia disintegrated on, a, on its reentry into the atmosphere. We always do that. There's a fatal incident, and immediately we figure out why it went wrong, why people's lives were lost, so that people don't die in vain, so that more people don't die. We know what happened with 9-11, primarily multiple failures of the immigration system. And the globalists, including George W. Bush, I don't care about party affiliation, folks. I really don't. I don't like either party. So George Bush concocted DHS in a way that went contrary to the findings of the 9-11 Commission and did not fulfill the mandate created by the Homeland Security Act, which was passed by Congress to address the vulnerabilities that the 9-11 Commission discovered. So let me ask you a question. With all the ruckus about immigration and everything else, when was the last time you heard anybody in politics or in the news media tie immigration to terrorism? Very, very rare, isn't it? Why? Because the globalists don't want you to think about it. They want to get in cheap labor, which really isn't cheap. They want an unlimited supply of foreign tourists and foreign students. Oh, and for the immigration lawyers, an unlimited supply of clients. So everyone's needs are being met, except we the people. We the people are on the short end of the stick, and you have these individuals in Congress calling for the dismantling of immigration law enforcement. Even though the 9-11 Commission was crystal clear, that border security is national security, that immigration fraud was a major factor and provided multiple opportunities for terrorists to enter the country and in the parlance of the 9-11 Commission and bed themselves. And then they start wailing, oh my God, it's, it's, immigration is running amok. They're, they've become a deportation force. So let me ask you guys out there a question. When somebody runs the border, do you think the person should be deported? If someone breaks into your house, God forbid, you come home from work and there's some guy sitting in your living room watching your big screen TV, um, sipping on a soda, 
Do you call the cops? Or do you say, well, as long as you're here, would you like to sleep in the guest room? Are you kidding me? Imagine if someone showed up in Gillibrand's house and said, I'd like to move in with you. How well would she take to that? I don't think too well. I think she'd be upset. I think she'd call the police. But she's telling Americans, you need to welcome the people who come here without permission. Welcome, for all intents and purposes, I don't know how else to describe it, welcome the invaders. Make them feel home. Make them feel at home. Never mind that they broke in. Never mind they entered without inspection. Never mind we don't know if they're fugitives from justice. Never mind we don't know if they're gangbangers. Never mind that they might want to take your job. And again, I'm not scapegoating immigrants because these aren't immigrants. These are illegal aliens. And if you don't want to make a distinction between immigrants and illegal aliens, then it's kind of like saying that anybody who walks into a bank is a customer, including bank robbers. I mean, think about it. You have a bank account? Have you ever walked into a bank? Have you ever made a withdrawal? Well, don't bank robbers do the same thing? They walk into a bank and they leave with money in their pockets. Of course, it's not their money, but what the hell? Why get caught up in trivia? They walked into the bank, they must be customers, and they walked out with money, they made a withdrawal. Let's keep it simple. Let's ignore the fact that they walked in and out with a 12-gauge shotgun and that they had a big bag of money, and they ran quickly. They Customers, they came into the bank, they did a transaction, and they made a withdrawal. Why be so fussy as to differentiate a bank robber from a bank customer? They're so similar. They're people who walked in and then left with more money than they had when they, when they came in. They leave with more money than they had when they went in the problem why would you call the police they just made an undocumented withdrawal folks why are you so nasty why are you so unforgiving it was an undocumented withdrawal folks that's basically the argument that we're hearing about illegal immigration they're immigrants they just lack papers why are you being so ridiculous stupid paperwork who cares about stinking paper Visas, we don't need no stinking visas. Isn't that what they're saying? I mean, I never thought that they would have the chutzpah. Because, you know, when they said we've got to legalize all these people, and, and Hillary said she was going to do it, I said, well, this is kind of crazy. We, we spend $14 billion a year on customs and border protection. There's a lawful inspections process. Why don't they just call for dismantling immigration? So I was saying it sarcastically. I had no idea they were going to take my suggestion seriously. Do you know how insane this is? Do you realize how far off the wall they have gone? And these aren't stupid people. They aren't stupid people. But they certainly don't have the best interests of America or Americans at heart. And they don't give a rat's tail that they're violating the findings of the 9-11 Commission. Never mind that the commission was convened to prevent future terror attacks. Don't let that get in the way. These are just people, and people are people no matter where they come from, and everyone has the right to come to America and sing Kumbaya. And if they want to blow up a couple buildings along the way, what the hell, just hope you and your family aren't caught up in the festivities. That'll be the next thing. They'll talk about bombings as festivities, perhaps. Ignore the body parts. Oh, come on, don't be that that mean-spirited, that closed-minded. I mean, is that what's going to come out of their mouths next? I I know I'm being kind of over the top. But don't you think that members of the political elite calling for the dismantling of the agency charged with protecting America's sovereignty, America's national security, American public safety, American job opportunities – don't you think it's over the top to say, do away with that agency? That's how insane we have become. That is how far off the moral beam these idiots have gone. And then you look at the clowns that were out there demonstrating outside my old office building here in Manhattan, 
And what did they wind up doing? What did they succeed? They succeeded in disrupting the hearing process for illegal aliens. What a brilliant way to do business. What a brilliant way to do business. They are drinking the Kool-Aid with two straws, not one. And apparently they don't care if people die. They just don't care. Never mind that we screen people before we get on airplanes and we screen people before we walk into office buildings. Why do we have no fly lists if it doesn't matter who you are? We're all people. Why don't we start having undocumented flyers get on board airplanes? Why would you deny someone access to an airplane? I mean, if you don't want to deny criminals and terrorists access to America, then why in the world would you not would you try to deny passengers access to airliners because everyone's got to travel? How unfair is that? Why don't we next call for the disbanding of the no-fly lists? When does it end, folks? What is the real destination that they have in mind for the United States? That's what I'd like to know. I want to see a flight plan, and I want to see a destination. Where in the world are they expecting this all to end? Where in the world? That's a question that no one has yet forced them to answer. And with elections coming, it's a question that we need answers to. If you had a magic wand, Miss Gillibrand, Miss Waters, Nancy Pelosi, if you had a magic wand and you could take America anywhere you want and shape it into whatever configuration you would shape it, what in the world would it look like? What in the world would it look like? That is the $64,000 question. What are you trying to do to the United States and to the American people? And if you look at the levels of poverty and violence, there's such a clear nexus between drugs and gangs. And it's interesting that the media won't address the fact that perhaps some of the people involved in that terrible stabbing in the Bronx may or may not be aliens. And I'm not saying it to, to impugn lawful immigrants. In fact, lawful immigrants are more law-abiding than even natural-born United States citizens because that green card means the world to them. They don't want to lose it. They don't want to endanger it. Ninety-four percent of the inmates in federal prisons who are not American citizens are illegal aliens. Why? Why? Well, it's because illegal aliens have based their lives on violating borders and violating laws and committing identity theft. That's why. And when politicians and journalists and whoever else want to eradicate the distinction that should be clear between lawful immigrants, illegal aliens, and U.S. citizens, then you've achieved anarchy. You've achieved absolute anarchy. You've lost your sovereignty as a country. And your country can no longer defend itself. During the Second World War, saboteurs, as we referred to our enemies, entered the United States on U-boats. Today, terrorists enter the United States on airliners. And what stands between the terrorists and the criminals and America and Americans is the thin line known as our borders. And it's not just the Mexican border. It's the Canadian border. It's 95,000 miles of coastline. It's international airports throughout the interior of the United States. ICE is responsible for enforcing immigration laws throughout the country so that criminals get deported. And when people say, well, we shouldn't be arresting and deporting aliens who don't have criminal histories, that's crazy. Because most of the terrorists are careful to not have criminal histories. They come with the intentions of doing damage, but they keep a low profile. And we just had a hearing about sleeper cells, and that's what a sleeper is. An alien who, by one means or another, gains entry into the United States, keeps a profile that is so low that no one pays attention to them. That's how the Nazi war criminals were able to hide in plain sight for decades. And that's why, as you see in my articles that I wrote for Front Page, I was thrilled that the Trump administration has created a task force to look for those aliens who gained U.S. citizenship by committing fraud, by concealing prior names and prior deportations and crimes and so forth. This is critical. 
This is critical. And you have to be out of your mind to not understand that a country's security begins at its borders and ends at its borders. As homeowners, we lock our doors at night, particularly when the police warn us that there are burglars and home invaders wandering the streets at night looking for soft targets. It's interesting that Barbara Jordan, who was a very liberal Democrat congresswoman from Texas, uh, she passed away a number of years ago, but her commission looked at immigration, and her position is identical to my own. She was insistent that we enforce the immigration laws to protect the lives and livelihoods of Americans, particularly American black uh, citizens. And now the Democratic Party has come so far off the rails that they're reputing everything that makes sense. Don't enforce the immigration laws. Welcome everybody from the world into the United States. How in the world do you protect a country when you flood a country with millions of people whose identities, backgrounds, affiliations are unknown and unknowable? Think of the carnage and the, and the destruction of 9-11. All it took was 19 terrorists. On September 11, 2001, 19 terrorists inflicted more casualties on the United States of America, and still more people are dying. In fact, the highest-ranking fire official just passed away this past week because of toxins he ingested working at ground zero on the pile looking for human remains. So the death count still isn't complete from 9-11. But already, in fact, on 9-11, it eclipsed the body count at Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. Nineteen hijackers inflicted more casualties than did the entire Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor. But don't let that get in the way of the Democratic Party. They've lost their mind. They've lost their mind entirely. Let's disband ICE. They're a deportation force. We're not deporting immigrants, folks. People that are subject to deportation are illegal aliens or aliens who had green cards but lost them by committing heinous crimes, rape, robbery, murder, arson, gun running, drug trafficking. What in the world is unreasonable about that? And if you look at the immigration laws, it has nothing to do with race, nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with ethnicity. So you've got the B'nai B'rith spinning a yarn about how the right is terrible. And again, I'm not on the right, but it distresses me to hear a group like the Anti-Defamation League because of my prior affiliations with B'nai B'rith vilify me as being anti-immigrant. And by the way, as an inspector at Kennedy Airport for four years, I can assure you I only denied entry to a teeny tiny percentage of aliens who presented themselves for inspection. When I was an adjudications officer for a year, 90-odd percent of the applications that I adjudicated were approved. If I was anti-immigrant, I wouldn't be approving anything. It's simply about enforcing laws that were written by a prior Congress. So how do we have lawmakers who are advocates for lawbreakers? Now, that's something for you to puzzle over. Final thoughts for this evening. Fourth of July is coming. We celebrate America's independence the incredible achievements of this incredible nation. And then you listen to the hate speech of Maxine Waters calling for people to attack people that they disagree with. The First Amendment, folks, the right for peaceable assemblage, is all about discourse, debate, disagreement. Be peaceable about it. Have your arguments, have your discussions. If need be, you can yell at each other would cause no physical harm. Maxine Waters is very close to the point that I would argue that she is inciting riots. The slippery slope once again. Debate is something that I'm a big fan of. I was going to teach debate on the college level had not things gone in a different direction that I became a federal agent. And I've said this about Memorial Day also. Maybe we should do it on 4th of July. These national holidays should be holidays that we celebrate 
by celebrating our First Amendment, by declaring those days to be days for national debate and discourse. We have intellectual inbreeding in America, and as far as I'm concerned, it's un-American. We shouldn't be listening to one station or another, one person or another, and, and being on one side intellectually. You don't know the position you have in a controversial issue until you've really had the time and made the effort to listen to the other side. You may actually find that you got it wrong, or your opponent may find that he or she got it wrong and move closer to your side of the argument. But that's only going to happen through open discussion and debate. And when you look at the way debate has been shut down on college campuses, it reminds me of the book burnings that, that preceded the Holocaust to make certain that only one message gets out, to make certain that one ideology is followed. That's not democracy, that's tyranny. And the language we're using has nothing to do with political correctness. It has everything to do with thought control. It's Orwellian. We think with words, so when you can control language, you can control thoughts. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what we are now improperly calling political correctness. Get it straight. This is nothing polit- There's nothing politically correct about it. Political correctness is supposed to be about not using language that's insulting or humiliating when dealing with other people. And I'm all in. I'm 100% in agreement with that. But when we are forced to use language that obfuscates the truth, that's not political correctness. It's Orwellian and it comes directly out of the 1984 Ministry of Truth. If you haven't read it, or if you haven't read it recently, I urge you, I implore you, get your hands on a copy of George Orwell's 1984 and read it cover to cover. It will open your eyes. And as soon as you see those words and hear what is said in those pages, you will fully understand the tactics of the radical loons that are trying to this country off the cliff we must resist them and their ideology and the craziness that they represent this isn't a left right issue folks it's a right wrong issue I uh, just want to thank all of you for uh, listening to my program again I, I apologize for the technological difficulties that I imposed on myself last week Every once in a while, I managed to screw up, but we did get to spend an hour together today. I hope you will have the opportunity to watch the Ingram Angle a little bit later on this evening. And uh, please, folks, get involved. Get involved. Read as much material as you can. Look for different sources of information. And please share your thoughts with your neighbors. Remember, democracy is not a spectator sport. We have an obligation to get our voices heard. Don't allow the loudmouths to intimidate you into silence and acquiescence. We need to show courage and a little bit of New York chutzpah to make certain that we don't get railroaded and we don't get intimidated. As Americans, we need to learn to stand our ground where debate and discourse is concerned. That, folks, is as American as apple pie. I hope all of you Have a wonderful weekend coming up. I hope you will go to check out my article on Front Page Magazine. And again, the title of the article, Trump Administration Combats Discrimination Against American Workers. ICE Investigation Uncovers Company That Defrauded Americans Out of Jobs. It's very important. When you read that article, ask yourself if we would be better off if ICE was disbanded. And if you believe that ICE needs to be kept, then remember who it is that's trying to destroy an agency upon which we depend for national security, public safety, and economic opportunities for beleaguered American workers in this very difficult era. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you again next week. Same time, or perhaps 7 o'clock East Coast time next week, right here on the Michael Cutler Hour. Good night, everybody.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.